Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, the sports podcast from RNZ. Barry Guy along with Hamish Bidwill and we're at the business end of the Rugby World Cup with the All Blacks uh, having a rather sticky quarterfinal opponent this weekend. We're also at the business end of provincial rugby. Joining us today is a very warm welcome to Blackfern and Canterbury Harpac, uh, Kendra Coxedge. Hi Kendra. Hi, how's it going? Very good, and welcome back to Alice Soper, Wellington Pride forward. Big weekend for the both of you, Alice? Yeah, a little bit to do. And a little bit to watch as well. And from Japan, we have our rugby reporter, uh, Joe Porter. Welcome back, Joe. Morena. Hamish, you're looking excited. Big weekend of rugby. Yeah, I thought I'd start by going around the group and seeing what the anxiety levels were like about the um, New Zealand Island game. And it occurred to me that, Kendra, I think you've lost a while in the World Cup when you should have won. Is that is that right? Yeah, and that's back back in yeah, 2014. Sorry to throw you under the bus, but I just thought we might as well start there. No, I mean, that's, that's probably a good place to start with, with the All Blacks playing, obviously, Ireland this weekend. Um, yeah, back in 2014, uh, you know, we've obviously been quite successful in the past and uh, come up against Ireland um, in the pool play, and yeah, we, and we lost lost to them, and uh, which kicked us out of the World, the World Cup. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was challenging, um, and I know no doubt um, it's going to be challenging for the All Blacks this weekend as well. What's it like when you go to a tournament expecting to win or certainly to, to, to progress well into the knockout phase and you sort of have to bide your time during the pool play and, and how much do you show? Do you keep things up your sleeve? How, how do you plot a campaign? Yeah, I mean, I guess everyone probably kind of plots it plots it different. Um, but, you know, leading into that 2017 World Cup, um, you know, the coaches have a plan. Uh, whether they actually show us the players that or not, um, you know, it depends on how, how the situation's going and how pool play's going. But I know um, after that after that 2017 World Cup when we were successful, um, they they had a plan the whole time and they, they kept things up their sleeves and they, they kind of pictured that maybe we'd be playing England in that World Cup final. Um, so everything leading into that, that game, um, you know, leading into a final was basically they had things up their sleeve and they, we pulled it out in that final. As sort of lay people or media people, we write silly things about um, revenge or owing teams one and uh, having sort of things in the back of your mind to motivate you. As teams, do you think like that? Do you, do you, does, does that motivate you when you get to a tournament or do you just are you clear-headed and just doing what, what's in front of you? Yeah, I mean, you're clear-headed. You kind of forget about all that, and you just got to, I guess, be in the be in the present and be in the moment and do you know do the things well that you need to at that time. But um, you know, we I think it probably hurt us quite a bit that we did get kicked out in 2014 to Ireland. Um, it was nothing against them because it's quite funny they apologised um, when they beat us, which was really interesting. They were saying they were sorry and and all that just because they're lovely lovely people. So. Um, to kind of plot, kind of thinking about revenge against them was always always quite tough. But we knew we wanted to go to that World Cup and um, and bring it home, and we did. So that's what's you know that's what's been what was good, I guess. Joe, how are the All Blacks this week? There's no escaping that that Ireland have won two out of the last three against them. It, 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 what's their mood like? Yesterday, Steve Hansen seemed very confident. I guess uh, very assured of himself and the team that they have picked. 
earlier in the week though, Ian Foster was very shirty when it came. That's to him though. Eh? Like he sees fish hooks on every question. He's brittle. He's really suspicious yeah, of everyone. Yeah. He, you know, what's your agenda? What are you driving at? So like, I'm just asking, you know, <laughs> who do you think you might pick at second five this week, guys? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's, he was. I guess also he's the attack coach, right? And so a lot of people have been asking why the Andy Farrell uh, defence from Ireland has been so troublesome for the All Blacks in the past, and of course asking the attack coach why they haven't been able to break that down. So he was a little bit fr- uh, flustered around those sorts of questions, but. Largely, I think the All Blacks are fairly confident, and yesterday they certainly seem so. Uh, it's, a, it's a sticky game, you're right. They have lost the last two out of three, and the Irish have, I guess, if anyone's going to be a bogey team of late for the All Blacks, it's probably been the Irish. They have a defence system that they've found very hard to break down. They seem to be able to, I guess, nullify some of the All Blacks' strengths and expose some of their weaknesses too with their game plans. They've had success there before, and I imagine they'll employ very similar tactics. So it's not going to be an easy ride for the All Blacks. However, they, they are confident. The bookies are pretty confident too. Um, and I think it'll be close, but I still think the All Blacks will win. Alice, what do you make of the 23? I mean, I think uh, looking at it, it seems like we have a plan and that we're uh, delivering on that. There has been some interesting mix around, obviously, in the pool play. We had a couple of opportunities, although we didn't get to play one of them, um, to have uh, you know places where we could try things out, where we could start to have um, a look at things. It's it's funny that I've written down to myself that Brody Retallick is a bolter into this side, but I I, th- I see his um, inclusion in the starting fifteen as that because he you know I thought um, Scotty Barrett's been doing a good job. I thought he would have had that jersey locked up. Yeah, if you. It'll rank the top handful of players in New Zealand. Scott Barrett's one of them, and yet he mm. doesn't make the starting 15, does he? Yeah, and it's also interesting, uh, other omissions around uh, Smith not getting in there as well, Ben Smith. Um, Mr. Accounts, they don't want him in there this time around. Don't want that safe pair of hands. They want to have a change-up. I'm interested to see if they do bring Geordie on, where they put him in, because are they going to be putting him on the wing, or are they going to move Bowden somewhere else, maybe move him into 10, and then put uh, Geordie at the back? Like, this is... Yeah, it's interesting that you've got question marks on where you bring some of those players that are on the sideline, where you put them in, where you do throw them in there. How easy is it, Kendra, to sort of impose your will on a team? New Zealand like to play with ball in hand, um, at pace, use their athleticism and skill. Is it easy to do that? I mean, Ireland's proved tricky, haven't they? They sort of like to nullify New Zealand. They've had a hard time sort of um, combating that, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, I think it, you're dead right there. And it's, um, I mean, yes, we do like to play a good, expansive rugby, but as you know, we talked about with the defence and that it can be quite hard to, to break down. But it's just, um, it's perseverance, I guess, and it's been able to change plans during the game if you need to. That's what um, can also be, be challenging. And knowing with the All Blacks and how amazing they are, um, they have the ability to be able to change things up if they need to during the game. Who would you play at first five? Are you a Moanga person? Are you a Barrett person? She's from Canterbury, come on. <laughs> I'm not actually from Canterbury. I'm I know, you're from Taranaki, so, uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, mate, I think Richie, Richie Moanga has, has been going well, and you know, to have both of them out on the park is probably where I assume the coaches are looking at. They want the best players on the park, and that's what's worked for them. Um, so having Bodie at 15, I mean, he's got a bit more space. He's, we know he's quick. Um, he can penetrate and kind of get into the line where he wants to. Um, and he also has that ability at 10 too, but I think he's a little bit more restricted when he's at 10 to actually really let loose. Um, so, you know, Bodie and Richie, I think they're really going to stand up um, for the, for this quarterfinal this weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Hamish, what was your thought on the team when they just made that uh, a couple of little adjustments there, Jack? Good, you coming in? Yeah, I would have played Leonard Brown at 13 and, and Crotty at 12. I think if Crotty's not starting, I get a lot of comfort from Crotty. If Crotty's not starting, I don't know why he's on the trip. I would have taken Lomapi mm. um, to add a point of difference in that case. Uh, I thought Geordie Barrett showed that he wasn't a liability against Namibia, and that obviously did for Ben Smith. They need a bit more spark. 
on the bench, and I would have found a, Scott, a place for Scott Barrett, which I was going to ask Joe about, because I'd have played him at six, and I'd have had Artie at seven, personally. I don't know whether, Joe, there was any thought given to that? None at all. I'm a, I just, the All Blacks don't seem to want to entertain that thought at this tournament. I'm not sure why exactly, but they shut down that question every time you ask, ask it. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise to see Scott Barrett not starting, because you're right, he's probably been one of the All Blacks' form forwards this tournament and for most of the year. I guess Brady Retallick's a bit of a talisman. We all know when he is at his, at, his, at his pomp, he's probably the best lock in the world, if not the best forward. Um, Hanson describes him as a freak of nature that doesn't need much game time. He can just come play, come in and play. He's one of those guys that has sort of an ultimate dogged desire to win and just loves to play rugby. So perhaps uh, against some of the Irish, you know, I'm not saying that Scott Barrett lacks any mongrel because he certainly has some, but we know Brody likes a bit of a niggle, likes to get in there. And without Dan Cole starting, perhaps they have the foil there and Brody Retallick. So I'm not quite sure, but he does. He, you know, he could be a little bit short of a gallop, but he is a bit of a talisman, and obviously they think he's going to step up for this game, otherwise they wouldn't have picked him. So, yeah, that was a surprise for me, but hey, there you go. Scott Barrett can feel unlucky because he has done nothing wrong. Brody Retallick, I guess, is one of those guys that if he is in top form and if he is available, it's very hard to leave him out. He, yeah, scored, the, he yeah. scored the first try in the quarterfinal in 2015. He's borderline the best player in the world, Retallick, mm. so he has to play. Um, yeah. In, yeah. the, in the South Africa game, obviously Sam Kane had an HIA, which he either passed or didn't pass, but it, there was a bit of conjecture about it, but he didn't play. And Scott Barrett played the second 40 at six. Do you think, regardless yes. of not being picked first, that in the first 15, that, that Barrett will end up playing at six in the second half? I would have thought so, yeah, because like you say, he's got that physical presence that the others just don't quite have at six. They never have been able to replace that. Um, he's got a good engine, so he's pretty fit, and he looks like he's got some, um, you know, like I say, he's a pretty good defender there at number six. He runs the ball hard and strong. He had, he's had a few issues with his carries over this tournament, but it shouldn't be a problem now in Tokyo with the humidity having basically disappeared overnight in the last few days. It's getting a bit cooler. So, yes, I would, I would expect him to stop him there at six, and Sam Kane probably only to have half a game. Yeah, as long as he's got someone running off his shoulder when he's near the try line, he can pop to them and doesn't have to worry about the put-down. Kendra, what do you think about the other quarters? Who do you see emerging from those games? Um, I think uh, with South Africa, Japan. Um, I think, you know, Japan, can they've played really outstanding footy this this whole um, World Cup, but um, can they do, a, you know, another game? I'm not quite sure, uh, especially with the way South Africa have been, you know, been in, you know, it's last World Cup, they got upset by Japan, and I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Um, they've spoken about just before. Uh, we talked a bit about the... Um, uh, you know, revenge in there. I think there might be a little bit in there with South Africa not wanting for that to happen again, and I assume they'll probably talk about that in their preparation. Um, and then the France, yeah, France-Wales, to me, that's a, yeah, I'm not quite sure what's actually going to happen happen there. Um, you know, we know what, the, what France are like. Um, they're very random uh, in the way they, they play. Um, but and then with Wales winning the Six Nations, I guess it's, um, I think that game's going to be actually, it's going to be anyone, whoever turns up on the day. Do you think we've seen, Kendra, in this competition that because of the conditions, um, you have to play some footy, you actually have to use the ball, you can't box kick and, and, and just use line speed on defence, you actually have to produce a bit more than that? Yeah, you, you, you definitely do. And with, um, yeah, as you say, the conditions are going to be good. It's, it's pretty, obviously been pretty humid, and that, and that's, I mean, that's what a bonus for us and the All Blacks, I guess, is that they, that's the kind of game they want to they want to play, and they can play a wide, expensive game with the skill that they got. And I think South Africa also have a bit of that. And England probably do do too. Um, you know, whereas the biggest size like the French and the English are, yeah, they're more up the front and, and carry carry quite hard. But we're probably just going to be smart around how they how they play. Um, with the with it being kind of really dry conditions, New Zealand losing their last pool game to the Typhoon. Have you ever been experiencing anything like that at a tournament? And do you think not having that game will disrupt them in any way? 
No, I've never had to never had to experience it. Actually, kind of yeah, I was a little bit of throwing when I seen that the game was cancelled. I thought it was a bit of a um, bit of a joke, just you know, coming around. But uh, yeah, with that actually happening, um, personally, I think you know it sounds like the ABs have had a good hit out against each other. Uh, I'm not quite sure Joe might be able to answer that. I, I haven't obviously seen anything in the media, but apparently they're going to have a big hit out um, against each other, which which would help. Um, and I mean, you know, they obviously had a, they might have a few niggly, niggly injuries too, which will be good to have that extra break to get those players right. Um, but you know, I guess the more rests can be good, but then at the end of the day, it might not. And it's, but the, the best thing I probably it is is that it's a quarter final, right? So any anyone's going to get up for that. Um, whereas if it was a you know pool play game and they were kind of going into the to the next pool play, it could be a bit different. Um, but the fact that it's a quarter final, you have to get up for that, and no doubt the players will. Joe, England, Australia, give a view. Oh, I'd love the Wallabies to win. I really would. would That'd be fantastic. Well, who's gonna, who's, from a media <laughs> point of view, in post match at the press conference, and that, who's going to have the sour grapes, Jones or Checker, if they lose? <laughs> oh, both. I mean, you almost the want to lose. Right, it's okay. The draw. But I, I, re- I really, yeah, I can't see Australia getting up with the way they've performed so far. Their best game was probably against Wales. They've looked not great since then. They don't have a lot of cohesion. They haven't. I mean, you know, you can't. It's good to see that. I don't think they've picked. Like name their team today, don't they? I hope they don't pick Bernard Foley. That'd be a waste of time. They need to have Phipps at halfback. Uh, Guinea is looking too slow with the ball, so they need Phipps at halfback, and they need someone, someone different at first five. Maybe not Tamur, maybe, but yeah, definitely not Bernard Foley. Uh, I don't think they've got it really to beat England. I think England will be fairly confident. Though, wouldn't it be great to see the Wallabies get up? And look, they're due a game. They're due a game, so you never know. And I think it would be wonderful if they did get up and knock the English off their perch. Because I'm sick of them already. Just looking at those uh, quarterfinals, I think the problem with France is that they're not playing the All Blacks in the quarterfinal. No, so. but they are in, they are in turmoil. They have, they're having an eternal yeah, revolt, and I just yeah. think that's absolutely... Yeah, well, they did love 2011, didn't they? So it helped help them there. Oh, uh, football World Cup's the works. They're just they're volatile. I, I, I did wonder, Hamish, though, I mean, the All Blacks play at a high level all the time. Some of these other teams sort of modul- modulate their way through. Do you think the Irish were playing their best a year or two or 18 months ago and perhaps... Yeah, because I watched I a few of those pool games, I was impressed that they scored as many points as they did against Samoa with only 14 people, but again, Samoa wasn't particularly good. Mm. So I wonder if they're not playing particularly well at the moment. Look, three degrees at the Aviva in, London, in Dublin with the, the grass up past your ankles and box kicking and all that kind of malarkey, they're good as gold. They can line out drive you and slow your ball down at the breakdown and you won't be able to create anything. And They're effective in those conditions, but they just... They've been shown up here. They got run off the park when when they were playing Japan because they were playing basically no ruck rugby. Yep. And so it was a lot of offloads, a lot of quick ball, hot ruck stuff going on. And it was interesting to see that the All Blacks started to do that against Namibia. They were running a lot of offlines, uh, you know, offload lines as well. And so obviously they had seen that game and wanted to see if they could start bringing that into their play as well. So I would be, uh, you know, wouldn't be surprised to be seeing a lot more of that. Keep the ball away from the ruck, just don't stay on the ground. And then you've taken a lot of the Irish rugby out of it. Although I hear that it's going to be quite weak. Um, in this match, so that could bring everything nice and tight. That could work into the Irish favour. Yeah, I don't the know. The ball's wet though with the, yeah. the, the um, humidity yeah. and what have you, anyway. Yeah, so I think that's true. you know by the by. You rather have a, a, a sort of, I'd rather have a wet ball than a sweaty ball, so to speak. And <laughs> it's not that it's not that hot and take at the moment. <laughs> Excuse the yeah. No pun intended. It's not that hot in Tokyo at the moment. The humidity levels have dropped, like mm. I say, almost overnight. We're down to sort of 20 degrees or below as a high and, and getting close to 10, 12 as lows. So I think it'll be a lot cooler. It's been overcast. And, and yeah, a wet ball is a lot easier to control than a sweaty ball. So the All Blacks mm. will be fairly confident. I don't think the Irish have played that well this tournament. They're certainly 2018 was their big year. 2019, they haven't been that impressive. 
Um, Johnny Sexton and Conor Murray go a long way. Just their desire to win and their confidence and the fact they've you know had such success against the All Blacks in the Lions series in 2017 and last year in Dublin. Those guys are huge and they're key for them. But you're right, and they will box kick a lot still. They'll try and put pressure on Seve Reese and George Bridge and see if they can cause some mistakes there. They don't give away a lot of turnovers typically, which the All Blacks like to sort of counterattack from. So that could be another area where the All Blacks will find it sort of a bit more challenging. They'll have to take the opportunities when they. Given, but you're right, I don't think they're the same team as they were last year, and that's why I think the TAB have given the All Blacks 12 points, and I think, yeah, that'll probably be the case on the weekend. I think the All Blacks will be too strong. Alice, you're an argumentative person who knows their own mind. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go with referees, and what's your view of Nigel Owens in this one? Oh, I have great, great well, relationship. Great, report, great relationship yep. with referees. I don't know what you've, who you've been talking to. Um, <laughs> hey, charming. Anyway, no, uh, Nigel, I like him because he talks. Right. Um, and so he, he t- you know exactly what's on his mind, what he needs, and so he communicates that well. Uh, and and so I you know I have a lot of time for him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at scrum time. I was excited to watch that last uh, Japanese match where suddenly a scrum like scrum penalties were given. Wow, what a what a miraculous turnaround! And then uh, so it actually sorted out the scrum, the set piece for the rest of the match. Joe Moody is a liability. If he doesn't get his scrums right, yeah, he's going to give a, a beast, lot away. That's a big issue there. Go on. So, you know, and particularly that Irish front row, they're pretty tight together. Yeah. Um, Best, you know, yeah. he, you talked about uh, the other two boys. Well, Best is the other one in terms of getting those boys up. And so he'll be, they'll be on the hunt against that front row, particularly if you've been watching the tape and Moody's on his knees, putting a hand down at, at scrum time. If he does that in the weekend, it could be big trouble for us. Uh, Kendra, how important is it? especially because you're by the referee a lot, to de- to establish a rapport and to sort of get them to maybe look favourably upon you. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I mean, I have a lot of, a lot of conversations with uh, with referees over the years and I've probably only just really learnt how to, I guess, how to do that and how to talk to them and, you know, when to kind of talk to them and when not to talk to them. Um, it's probably taken me a lot longer, um, you know, to kind of get used to that. But it's, it is important. Um, it's when you have those conversations and when you can kind of plug them because, you know, you are running next to them all the time you run similar lines um, so every now and then you just might plug them with something that just you know puts it in there puts it in their head and then it makes them aware of it um, so yeah I think it is important if you if you can and no doubt um, Nuggy will be doing that out there on, on Saturday Do you aspire to referee games as well as TJ Petanata? He's pretty <laughs> fantastic <laughs> Yeah, I've had a few conversations with TJ around there. We're probably quite similar. Um, I mean, I've been known to go at the ref for, you know, a lot. Um, but I have, you know, as I mentioned, I have kind of changed it over the last few <laughs> few years. Um, they are just the referee and they are just trying to trying to do their best and they can't they can't see everything. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you get an opportunity to plug them with something, um, there's just a little whisper in the ear when you're running past. <laughs> that game management in terms of the captain's role with, uh, with referee is really important. And I think you saw that play out when Australia was playing Wales, right? You looked at... Hooper's approach to referee, which was really aggressive and combative, and he was in the face all the time versus Elwyn Jones, who managed that perfectly as far as I was concerned. You know, there was the classic one where the, where the card came, and uh, Hooper was all up on his shoulder getting in his face about it. It was like, mate, you don't have to be here. Just go stand back there. You're going to get what you want anyway. Uh, and it's that type of aggression that doesn't play well for you. Um, Kendra, it would be remiss of me while you're here not to mention the Calvin R. Tremaine Memorial Trophy, which you deservedly won last year. What? assume that was a massive thrill, almost a shock at the time. How, how do you look back on that now and, and how do you feel it? I don't know, I'm almost, I'll ask Alice about this probably, but what does it signify for female players and, and what sort of a boost do you think it is for the, the profile and the respect that the game, the game gets? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's been a crazy, you know, just a six to eight months, uh, you know, after receiving the award. I, you know, I didn't think I'd ever be able to, you know, win something like that up against um, some All Blacks who also had a really good year last year. And um, for me at the time, I probably didn't, um, I was probably in shock for a long time. Um, over summer, I thought I might soak it up a bit, and it hasn't really, hasn't really, didn't really soak until quite late. Um, and then the more, you know, when you're just talking about it, then it kind of gets, you know, gets me thinking about it, it gets me a little bit emotional, I guess, because um, it is, yeah, it's been pretty pretty special and I can't believe that it's you know I've made history um, with that and just you know for what I've done for the women's game um, you know I kind of forget that you know I work in this space obviously with growing growing girls and you know women's rugby and to, to win an award like that is you know the amount of feedback and from the public and from parents um, and from girls that play um, has been pretty unreal um, over the last you know six to eight months. Because the recognition factor must be huge. People who didn't know you or weren't aware of you or didn't have, perhaps have a, a fair appreciation of your talents must really sort of want to stop you and talk to you and tell you how great you are. Yeah, and to be honest, I get, I've got a lot of that over the last week. Well, like, you know, I'm getting my groceries in the weekend at the supermarket and, yeah, you know, you get people kind of coming up to you and saying congratulations and that you're a great player and... To me, it's you know it's that older generation that we have probably trying to struggle with to try and change mindsets. It's those ones that are actually starting to come up um, and say, you know, you're a great rugby player. I'm enjoying, you know, enjoy watching you, and I enjoy watching women's rugby because you know where it's come from, and you know the way we're playing now is a lot different to what it used to be. And you know because of the exposure we're getting around it now, um, it's it's really exciting time to be a part of it. And then just to, to win that award last year, it's just it gives you know young girls, I guess, something to aspire to, and it gives them kind of hope. Or even older girls, like, like as a store of the provincial scene, Alice. Like, what does it mean to you to see the game recognised in that way? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I first met Kendra when I was a school kid, mate, because I played for Wellington Secondary Schools when you were up at Taranaki, so I did know you were from there. Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we were in, back in that you know era uh, where they would name a paper team for that hurricane team every year and you know good yeah. luck if we got to play it and you yeah. know there was you know some ebbs and flows there we had we had sevens and we didn't have sevens then we had olympic sevens you know and it's been really interesting you know i've been playing rugby now since 2002 um to see just actually how quickly it's grown and, and the really cool thing for me is you know i've been away the last two seasons over in the uk and coming back and just seeing all the investment that's come into the Farah palmer cup this year like i don't know if you've noticed mate but the massive uptick in just in terms of video content, the fact that we had so many games on Sky Sport this year that we were able to put together, you know, tri-light packages and push that type of stuff out, it's it's all kind of starting to tell that story, which is really cool. And to see, yeah, to see you get the big one um, last year, you know, that was massive, mate. It was a really special moment to see um, someone that I know has been doing the hard yards for a really long time. You know, people are aware of you, Kendra, now. You've been around forever, mate. You know, and there's a few few players that have been that have really given a lot to that game. And so to see people, it's, you know, that tells thing that this is you know it's your award but it's for all those women eh, that have been there with you and have um, put in that stuff to you know grind through it to get the game to where it is now are we going to get a yeah, Canter- yeah, sorry yeah. Kendra are we going to get a Wellington yeah. Canterbury final in the 500 <laughs> Alice are you guys going to get a win? Uh, no doubt hopefully <laughs> we're expecting Kendra's lot to win against counties obviously well we didn't get I didn't get the chance to play Canterbury in the first round so um, would be nice to um, have a go at them this uh, this year but yeah we look we're going to um, be travelling up to Auckland this afternoon um big ass for us isn't it but I reckon um, you know there's there's when it comes to semi-final like rugby it's the same as what we're talking about with the boys in the quarters it's all there to play for eh? you just got to be hungry on the day
Yeah, I hope you guys go well this week. Uh, I know Auckland's always going to be a challenge. They, you know, they always are. They've got a lot of talented mm. players. I think majority of their front row, have all, uh, sorry, majority of their forwards have all played in the or represented the yeah. Black Ferns. Yeah, so mate, don't. Yeah, I guess don't have that against them. Just go out, as you said, play your own game. It's, it's semi-finals. Anything can happen. Mm. Um, and we've probably taken a similar approach with um, with our prep this week, um, playing counties. Um, you know, we had a had a good win against them uh, during the season, and then, you know. Semi-finals, it's just a different killer of fish. Hey, um, they had a couple of players who were out um, and didn't play against us in that first game, and they're back this week. So, you know, it's just you've got to be up for it. You've got to trust the process. Um, and then, you know, there's girls who haven't experienced semi-finals before, so it's making sure that they're all right. Um, so there's a lot that probably kind of goes on um, in people's heads and that leading into a semi-final, but we're looking forward to it. Many thanks, uh, Kendra Coxedge from Canterbury and New Zealand, of course, Alice Soper, Wellington Pride. They've got uh, semi-finals in the Farah Palmer Cup this weekend. Also, a big thank you to Joe Porter, our rugby reporter in Japan, covering all the quarterfinals and hopefully a bit more in Japan for the uh, next couple of weeks. So uh, that's extra time for uh, this week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. On behalf of uh, Hamish Bidwell, I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.